Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. This podcast is about getting unstuck out of your comfort zone and changing things up, all while not taking yourself too seriously, or us either. Come laugh, get inspired, and have fun. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. Today on the show, we're talking to New York Times bestselling author of How to Travel the World on $50 a Day, world-renowned travel expert and entrepreneur, Matt Kepnes, a.k.a. Nomadic Matt. Matt has an award-winning blog, nomadicmatt.com, which hosts countless travel resources, plus guidebooks and e-courses. He's been featured on CNN, National Geographic, the BBC, to name a few. He just released his new travel memoir, 10 Years a Nomad, all about his experiences from 10 years traveling, that we just finished and loved. You can get it now on Amazon. Personally, I've been going to his site, 2012, for my travel resources to going to Southeast Asia. I purchased his e-guidebooks and figured out how to fly to Japan round-trip business class, thanks to the book, The Ultimate Guide to Travel Hacking. Welcome to the show. Thanks. That's a great intro. <laughs> thanks. How are you doing today? Uh, you know, just another day, just another Saturday, <laughs> running the errands. Heading to the airport. Nice. <laughs> Where Where's your home base right now? Uh, Austin, Texas. Very cool. So are you finding that you're spending much time there? Uh, lately, no, no. I just tried. I just got a new apartment, and I went to buy a couch. And like, it will take about a month. And I was like, Matt's fine. I'm not going to be home anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, I saw your tweet this morning about Taylor Swift, and I don't know you well enough to know whether or not you really like Taylor Swift or not. So. Do you, is that is that an album that you're actually listening to right now? Yeah, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Right, and her right. new album is Love, though, isn't it? Is is it not 13? Her new album is called Lover. Lover. Yeah, Ooh. is that the one you're listening to on repeat, or was it 13 you were listening to? Uh, she doesn't have one called 13. Oh, oh. and you would know that because you're a fan. Yeah. And I just like her. I'm not like fangirling Taylor. <laughs> she has a song. Awesome. If she has a song called 16, maybe that's what you're thinking of. Or 22. Or 15. Or 15. I like 15. 15 and 22, yeah. That's guess cool. I'm not. guess I'm not as big as a fan as I should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we can do, I just want to ask you about this this book that you read, which we totally love. Yeah. Sorry, that you wrote, uh, 10 Years a Nomad. And it was really deeply personal, we felt, and it was different from your other work. And so tell, tell us what it was like to write this memoir, and was it tough to let people in sort of to this level? Yeah, it took a few drafts for me to get that deep. Uh, my editor just kept on sending it back and would say, her note was, deeper, deeper. deeper. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really write this way, and it's more, I do more service journalism, you know, the hows and of, you know, the whats of travel. Mm -hmm. uh, but this was more about the why and really going deep into my personal story. A lot yeah, of the, it sure a was. Lot of, a lot of the negative reviews online are like, this guy's really just talking about himself. I'm like, it's a memoir. What, what did you think you were buying? <laughs> um, you know, uh, like, it's not a travel guide. But yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, it was a challenge to open up. I think in part because, you know, I, I don't like to share a lot of my life in general. I'm a private person. Mm -hmm. uh, and additionally, like, I like to keep things away from my parents and I knew mm -hmm. like, I, and my sister and I did read it. And then of course they, they didn't want to talk about it. Uh, and, 
and they did read it, and they, they did want to talk about it, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right. That's amazing. I think it was one of, I mean, that's the kind of book that I do enjoy reading, so it was it was an absolute pleasure to get to know, like, a little bit more about who you are and what your journey and transformation was like. Yeah. Well, thank well, you. I'm glad you liked it. What do you think your 25-year-old self would think of yourself now, your pre-nomadic Matt? Probably... Be like, ah, oh, it's pretty cool how we turned out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess the whole thing was just to like not live a soul sucking corporate job. Yeah. I'm doing something with purpose, and now I do something with purpose, and I I can afford to live off it, and I get to to eat. Uh, my 25 year old self really loves sushi, so we'd be happy to know that we eat it without uh, thinking about the cost. So that was always my definition of success. Can I eat all the sushi I want without worrying about the price? That's you, amazing. And now and now you can. Yeah. I mean, within reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that you did really well is you're really giving a gift to others because as I was sitting here, I was on like a typical American style vacation, 10 days off, then I had to go back to the corporate grind that I'm really used to and it made me think it really made me think and wonder, is this really how I need to live my life or how I should be living my life? And I just wanted to thank you for that because that was really what I took away from this. It just makes you think and wonder and question. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah you know, the book, I really wanted to delve into the whole idea of travel versus vacation culture. Yeah. And how, how we in the States, we have a vacation culture. And when you talk about, like, oh, do you want to go travel? And this idea, yeah, I definitely want to go travel when I retire. And so we, we, we associate travel with the length of time that, mm-hmm. you know, it's what you do when you retire. Then you go travel as if what you're doing while you're on those two weeks is not travel. It's a vacation and, and there's a big difference, but there's really not a difference. Travel isn't mm-hmm. about the length of time. It's mm-hmm. about a way you see the world and you know, breaking out of your comfort zone. You don't have to travel for 10 years to to get a sense of a destination. You can do it in two weeks as long as you sort of break out of the vacation mindset and, yeah. and, and then mold and try to make an active effort to push yourself out of your comfort zone and, and really learn about the people and like make an effort to, to see how it is they live and, and what they do. That's mm-hmm. travel. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's learning about people and learning about yourself, you know, outside your routine. Cause it's, it's in routine where adventure dies. Yeah. Because you, you, when you're just going nine to five and doing errands and all that, you like you don't give yourself a chance to you know to take a risk, like socially, emotionally, intellectually, physically. And then when you do that, when you put yourself out there into the unknown, that's when you grow. That's mm-hmm. that's growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so routine is the death of of adventure in some ways, and. and I wouldn't say it's a death of growth because, you know, some routines are really good. You know, they're good. You know, routine is also when you create habits and they're good habits. But in terms of travel, I think if you get yourself in a routine and then you have a routine when you travel, you don't allow yourself for the serendipity of of the day and that magic of travel to really happen because you're just going from one thing to another to another. You're checklisting off sites. You just have a routine. Travel is like is about not having any set agenda. 
and just going out and exploring. That's right. And and you kind of mentioned just a minute ago about your family and and thing and your parents and your sister. And so as humans, we often desire approval from those we love. And how did you, you know, your 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 parents and family were initially on board with you kind of making this big leap to go out into the world and travel and explore it. And how how did you overcome that? And how do they feel about it now? Yeah, my my mother read the book and was like, I don't remember us being so negative. And then my dad was like, yeah, you took that literary license. Uh, and it's like, well, my memory is quite different than your memory then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, initially, like, they were less supportive. Uh, obviously, you know, like, back in 2005, how many people went to quit their job to travel the world? Um, how many, you know, there's no blogs or Instagram accounts I could point to. Yeah, um, right. You know, my mother's always like, oh, you're going, you're going to, like, Jordan, but be safe. Like, she still gets worried about when I go to places. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think when they finally saw, like, I was, their biggest concern is always, are you making enough money? Do you have a savings? And, and so when I started to, like, make money and have the savings, I think they're more okay with my profession and my traveling. And they're always like, we just want you to be happy. And if you're happy, that's fine. Um, but please come home more often. You know, mm-hmm. you know they'll, they'll always be worried about wherever I go as because they're parents. Uh, That's right. And they always want me home more because they're parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But in terms of support of like my career, yeah, they're very yeah. supportive. Now, mm. now that they see amazing. like there's something. Like, well, what's the sound blogging thing? My mom still was like, I don't know what you do. I was like, Mom, I don't know <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> They're there to keep you humble. That's so funny. Yeah. I love that. That's good. They should be really proud. You've done a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. How did you overcome your fears while traveling solo? Like in the beginning when you first started and and then in general, like what? How, what's your philosophy on facing fears? I would fake it till I make it. You nice know, one. the beauty of travel is you can be anybody. And so I would just be like confident in that. I would be mm-hmm. the Matt that talked to uh, strangers and didn't care. I would be the one that, you know, I I would be the one to go over to people like, hey, let's go get a drink. Uh, no, that's easier said than done. I failed more than I succeeded. But the more I succeeded, the, the easier it, it became. To, you know, it was easier to do over and over again. And so mm-hmm. that example I just told you has me doing all the work. But... When you're traveling and you're backpacking and you're in hostels, you're not the one doing all the work. Other people are saying hello to you. What's going on? Would you like to come join us for a drink? Hostels have uh, activities and you sit down and you start talking to people. And so it just becomes really easy to meet people because everybody's just like you. You know, they are alone in a foreign country with no yeah. friends or family. Uh, and they're, we're all just looking for a little bit of human connection. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even if that human connection only lasts five hours, uh, you know, it's still, you know, five days, whatever, however long it is you're in that one town, uh, that's still a human connection. That's still something people are looking for. Yeah. It was easier for me to overcome that fear uh, the longer I traveled and when I recognized the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm not alone in this endeavor. Right. Right, everyone's experiencing the same thing, where they're they're alone, they want to make friends, 
Um, And that kind of leads us into our next question, which is about making fast friends. And I like how you kind of um, made it analogous to camp, you know, when you're in this short period of time and you all kind of have the same goal in mind and you have a limited amount of time together. And what is it about travel that makes those social encounters different than real life? Well, you know, I think a lot has to do with the fact that, you know, you're under a time constraint, you know. You meet yeah. someone in, in real life. You're like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll see you next week. Well, next week I'm going to be in a different country. So, like, <laughs> how about I see you, like, in six minutes, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like dating. Like, you can't date. There's no dating on the, on the road. You're not a couple, then you are a couple, then you're not a couple again. Because mm-hmm. there's no time to, like, oh, we want to date, and then we'll go on a date next week, and maybe two the following week. Like... No, you got like four days. You got to make the most of it. And then maybe you'll go to the next league together. And so, you know, same with friendships. Um, and so it is like camp because when you're camp, you only know you got like two months and then that's it. And then you leave. You're like, oh, I'll stay in touch with my best friend. Uh, what will I do without you? And then six months later, you're like, oh, what was that name from that kid from camp? You know what I mean? That's yeah. how camp is, you know. And, <laughs> and so that's kind of like where travel is. And the beauty of the internet is that you now have Facebook and you know all these tools to stay in touch. But yeah, you know, you're under that time constraint, mm-hmm. away from all the pressures of home. You know, you are just who you are, and you're just like I need a friend. And, and so like it's kind of good because I feel like some of those friendships are a lot purer because. Mm-hmm. You know, you are each other's best friend for that time and place, regardless of who you were five minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, that last city last year. There's no baggage. There's no like, oh, wait, aren't you that guy I heard about from like Nicole? Oh, ooh, like you got no baggage and you don't carry your own baggage either because you're just like, hey, I, I'm going to go see some temples. You want to come see some temples? All that matters, <laughs> all that matters is. Are you going to be fun to hang out with in that six-hour period? And if you're yeah. not, well, then I'm just going to move on. Yeah. That's so amazing. So, yeah, it's just like, you know, travel is just about you meet people as they are, not as as they think they are because of some social construct or how, like, the, you, know, you feed off of people's perception of yourself. You mm-hmm. internalize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is no perception of anybody on the road. They're just mm-hmm. the guy that walked into that hostel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, you just, you want to join us or not join us. Like, no, nothing else matters. We talk um, about meltdown moments on our show, and we've had a couple of episodes devoted to travel meltdowns. Do you, have you had a meltdown on the road? And can uh, you talk about what happened in Colombia? Uh, how would you just define a meltdown? I guess, like, you're like, Oh, sh- shit. Like, best laid plans. Uh, oh, well, Allie got locked in a sauna. Anyway, something crazy ha- happened um, that was completely unexpected. So let's, they, uh, they can bring you to tears, maybe, even, too. <laughs> or very much angry. <laughs> or that you would laugh about later, potentially. Yeah, uh, embarrassing. Well, I, I mean, I, you're, you're pushing me toward there because you brought up Columbia, so I guess that's what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, you know, um, in February 2019... I was nice in Colombia. Uh, someone tried to steal my phone, 
Uh, they did not win because I'm a blogger and goddamn, I'll never get rid of that phone. Um, <laughs> also, he, he made a terrible mistake by messing with the wrong blogger. No, no, he, he, <laughs> he actually, instead of grabbing the phone and just keep him, keep on running, mm-hmm. he grabbed it and then like turned around and wanted mm-hmm. to run backwards. And so in that moment, like I like jerked my shoulder and, and tightened my grip and I realized like, holy shit. You're you're trying to mug me. If he had just like grabbed the phone and kept running forward, I he would have had my phone. I never would have been able to catch up with him. I would have been like thief, thief, running, running, and hope somebody like tackles him. But mm-hmm. that kid would have gone off with my phone in two seconds. But since he didn't do that, you know, and I was like, I'm not. What are you doing? Get off my phone. And then there was a scuffle. In that scuffle, I thought he was punching me, but he was actually stabbing me. Uh, <gasps> so. Uh, couple of times small blade and so eventually help came and he ran off and i had my phone and i was like whoo really my arm and back are really sore right now uh mm-hmm. and then we took my jacket off and i was just gushing blood holy shit so i had about six uh cuts and got such up and you know now i i mean i don't really notice the scars because most of them are on my back um, yeah. but yeah they're there so shit wow. man that's terrifying. That's crazy. They didn't get any of your like internal organs, like kidneys or anything, did they? No. No, I mean, I, the first stab was in the shoulder. So mm-hmm. I think if you had, like, when you think of, like, I got stabbed, right? You think of, like, mm-hmm. this long blade and, like, right into the gut. You know, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like that. It was a knifing. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think if he had, like, a long blade and stabbed me right in the shoulder, you know, he would have gone through the muscle and the bone. And then I would have been like, oh, drop the phone. And, you know, then yeah. I probably would have needed, like, surgery and stuff. So, yeah. Um, luckily, that that is not the case. I probably would have felt it a lot more. But because they were just sort of um, muscle deep, my mm-hmm. my adrenaline was running so much that that I, I didn't feel it. You know, like, mm. I... Because I just... Because you didn't, like, go through any bones. I... I I've, I think I probably would have fallen to the ground in pain, but yeah. it, it wasn't until like after the adrenaline uh, subsided, and I was like, "Oh wow, this really hurts." Wow, I re- we read your article about it, and I think what was interesting, you know, like it could happen anywhere, not just in Colombia. It could happen, you know, yeah. and so that's so, we, we're sorry that happened. It's crazy. It um, is crazy. In the end of your book, you talk about. 19 lessons from your 10 years of travel on the road. And you also re- referred to this earlier about you can kind of show up and be whoever you are at any time. You wrote about, or the number 13 was, it's never too late to change. I just, I just love that, Matt. What are your, what are your, can you elaborate on, on that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I, travel will not solve all your problems. Um, it won't solve any of your problems. If you're a miserable person, you'll be a miserable person in Sydney. You know, if you don't like heights, you're not going to like heights in, you know, Tanzania. That's not like, well, what travel can really do is allow you the space to change free of any worry or baggage of, you know, home. Right. I mean, it's sort of like when you're a recovering alcoholic, right, they tell you don't go back to your old friends. Don't Mm -hmm. go back to the old bars. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're in a negative environment, what's the first thing people always tell you to do? Leave your leave your environment. 
Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, leave those triggers. And so, yeah, we're not recovering alcoholics or drug addicts or whatever, but, you know, the, just that concept of you is also in part of, you know, how people think of you and how you act at home and who you are at home. And, and that environment affects us more than I think most people would, would ever admit. Uh, I am my own person. Yeah, but you're also the person people think you are. And we all play that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you escape that environment, travel can allow you a blank slate to just, you know, free of all those triggers, allow you to do whatever it is you want to do. You know, uh, part of the reason I left New York uh, was because it was just not healthy in the sense that I didn't sleep a lot. I didn't have a real good workflow there. Like I never found a space where I could, where I would sit and I would just crush work. And I went out a lot and I drank a lot, you know, and New York city is a city lubricated on cocktails. <laughs> and so, you know, there's 20 events a night and you're just like going out and before you know it, it's two o'clock in the morning and you know, you've been drinking since seven. So I realized like I want to drink less, sleep more and work better. And mm. That's not going to happen in New York City. I don't have the the strength, you know, and the the habit to like to do that. Like I can't build the habit with all those vices around me. I don't have the will. I, for so my first step was I needed to leave New York. You know, and, and that's why I really moved out. And now I, you know, often I sleep better and I I drink a little bit less and I work a lot better. And so I, like, I had to get rid of that environment because, mm. you know, my lifestyle wasn't going to kill me, but it wasn't going to help me achieve the current goals I have for myself. And so if you have certain goals, you know, change your environment. And that's why I say it's never too late to change. Like, mm. you can always change as long as you're willing to make an effort and also want to change your environment. And beauty of travel is, like, if you try to be funny, funny Bill and Bill walks into a hostel tells a joke and everyone goes, oh, that's kind of offensive, man. Bill can just, <laughs> Bill can just pick up, go to a different hostel and start all over again. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's all like every day is a new day, a new chance to change when you travel. And so, you know, I think, you know, ch- changing your environment it can change, can help change who you are. Uh, and travel is always about a new environment. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of your book, you shared um, your struggle for needing a home base after thousands of nights in the hostel. And tell us about your work-life travel balance now. And have you finally gotten that garden that you longed for? Uh, no, I have not got the garden. Uh, but I have a new <laughs> apartment that has big windows. So I'm going to at least put, like, a shelf with some spices and try to, like, <laughs> not kill plants. Um, <laughs> That's but- the first step. Yeah, you know, I mean, part of the reason that it took me so long was because shallow became my routine and, and then when in doubt, when worried about whatever, I would just go travel because it was safety. That was mm-hmm. my comfort zone. And also being a Gemini, it's really hard to make a commitment to a lot of things. <laughs> um, I'm a typical Gemini. And so it took me a little while to just sort of be okay with not traveling. I mean, they're still in the back of my mind. Like, you know, yesterday there was a $600 round trip tickets to the Seychelles. And, you know, I mean, wow. that's, 
That's super cheap, and I had to fight up real hard to resist pulling the trigger on that. <laughs> I bet you did. Is that a place you've never gone to? I have about 100 of them. I have only been to about 100 countries, so I have about another 100 to go. Mm. Nice. So you have many endeavors. Your art, your blog, your guidebooks, your e-courses, and now you've created, created TravelCon. Where did that idea come from, and what was it like to execute? I've always wanted to run a conference. I was talked out of it, and my roommate went. I was we were doing a mastermind on my website, and everyone's like, "I don't really think it's a good use of your resources." And when it got to my roommate, who's also an entrepreneur, he goes, "You're 100 percent going to make a conference because you want to, and nothing can talk you out of it." Uh, mm-hmm. So I've had this idea probably going back to like 2015, 2016, this idea of just an advanced travel conference that was more like. Uh, professional development for mm-hmm. travel creatives in general, not just bloggers. A lot of uh, events are really geared to influencers and creative and bloggers. And I wanted to do something that was like for the business of travel. Mm. You know, if you're a photographer, how do you sell your work? How, how do you edit better? You know, mm-hmm. how do you video better? What can you learn from like a director from Netflix? What can you learn from, a top-level marketer about email funnels. And so um, things like of that nature, uh, I really wanted to adjust in, a, in an event. Because, you know, a lot of old-school bloggers, those OGs, they don't go to a lot of events anymore because they don't find the, the curriculum really relative to them, relatable to them. And so I wanted an event where I would look at the schedule and go, that's the event I want to be at. And that's not to say that these other events don't have something worthwhile. They do. They're great events. Uh, I go to a lot of them. But I just wanted something like really advanced. Like, I don't want beginners coming to the, my conference. I mean, mm-hmm. they will. But I want them to know going in, like, this event is not... There's no one-on-ones here. Mm. Right? There's, you know, everything's a, a 301, not a one-on-one. And so mm. expect to be over your head. It's a great right. place to learn. Yeah. And one of the things, Matt, that you talked about in your book was sort of about that insecurity that kids face in, um, you know, middle school and high school and how when you're traveling, you can really learn self-reliance and you gain confidence. Can you talk for a minute about your nonprofit flight and, um, and what that's about and how that's changing children's opportunities? Well, we created Flight as a way uh, to give the gift of travel to people in underserved communities. Mm-hmm. You know, kids you know, don't have a lot of chances to travel. You know, and if they do through school, you know, and here in the States, the size of the school budget is dictated by property taxes. So, you know, mm-hmm. rich communities have great schools. Poor ones, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those poor communities, their kids aren't, you know, going on school trips to foreign countries and you know, even the idea of a passport like that's just like we can't afford to a passport yeah. you know, one of our trips these kids showed up to the airport and their stuff was in trash bags because we haven't even you know, we take for granted yeah you, know, you go to the airport you put your stuff in the in luggage but these mm-hmm. kids didn't have luggage wow yeah and we're just like oh yeah like so something so simple that we just assume like why wouldn't you have luggage because like they don't travel, why would they have luggage? <laughs> yeah, and so and so we take it 
flight to those kids. We raised money for high school students. Uh, the teachers apply for a grant for their class. Let's say, like, you know, Mr. Kepnes's history class who wants to take his students to France to see the D-Day um, beaches and Normandy and all that uh, and all those memorials in person. So, so not only are they traveling, uh, but they're they're taking a part of their curriculum and and bringing it into real life. So that's sort of what we do and why we do it. And uh, we try to do two a year, and then um, hopefully next year we get to three and four, and then we just scale as much as we can. That's amazing. Thanks amazing. for doing that. Super inspirational. So important. So who inspires you right now, Matt? I'm very inspired now by that climate change kid, uh, Greta. I can't remember the rest of her last name. She's Swedish. Yeah. She's, she's the one that like trying to fight climate change and you know. She's traveling she has, like, by boat. Yeah. So I think what she does is very inspirational, showing that like you know even no matter how old you are, you can have an impact uh, on society. And that's one like you know. I, I felt that way about Malala when she, mm-hmm. when you know, and, and her fight for education. You know, here, here are young uh, teenagers, teenage girls, you know, making a huge imp- impact on the world. I think that's very inspiring mm-hmm. uh, to watch the next ge- generation say, "Enough is enough." Mm. Uh, do you have any particular books that you've read over the years that have been transformative that you would recommend to your listeners uh, and I audience? Love, uh, Vagabonding by Ralph Potts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yep. a book about the why of travel. Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Oh, um, such a good book. I think um, Bill Bryson's In a Sunburned Country. Mm. Um you know, you're going to go back old school. I think a really good inspirational book is, you know, um, Innocence Abroad by Mark Twain. Mm. Anything by Fred Stark is really good. So there's a lot of inspirational books. Mm. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Um, we're so grateful. And if, for those of you who haven't read Matt's book, you should definitely get a copy. You can do it right now on Amazon. Ten Years of Nomad. Uh, I I really just dove right in and and was so inspired and um, loved it's it. It's a really it. good read. It's a really fast read. It was well written. Congratulations, Matt! Amazing, and thank you for joining us today. So right, well, thank you. you. You know, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, cool. Thanks so much. Peace out. Have a bye bye. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast or on Facebook at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at Meltdown City Pod. Come check out our website, MeltdownCityPodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to our podcasts. You can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com for any stories, suggestions, or comments, and we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening.